morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. mercy and peace be unto each of you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, in the birth of your Son, you have poured on us the new light of your incarnate Word and shown us the fullness of your love. Help us to walk in and share his light with the world that we may know the fullness of his joy. Amen. Our reading for this second Sunday after Christmas is from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. As we move today from the twelve days of the Christmas season to Epiphany, which is tomorrow, I must ask the guys a question. Well, the married guys. Did you crack the mystery of what the perfect Christmas gift was for your wife? <laughs> I recall as a kid going with my dad as he shopped for that perfect Christmas gift for my mom. Now, while there was not wailing and gnashing of teeth, there was great murmuring, hand-wringing, and head-scratching as we looked to solve this great mystery. As we exit this festive season of Christmas and enter the season of Epiphany, it is telling that an Epiphany can be considered a sort of divine aha moment in one's life. Now, officially, Epiphany is a Christian feast day that celebrates the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, as we heard in the Gospel of Matthew this morning. 
So, in the life of the church, it is the aha that Jesus, the baby born in a manger in Bethlehem, is divine, is God incarnate. That the one who spoke the world into existence and who formed me and you in our mother's wombs has come to save the world from the sin which so permeates our lives and overwhelms our consciences. The season of Epiphany is about God revealing to us who he is in Christ Jesus and what this means and how he deals with and relates to us, his beloved children. And so, it is regarding this divine mystery that St. Paul writes the Ephesians and to us today. That is, the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as Paul says. The responsibility for making sure that others knew about the undeserved love of God in Christ Jesus was given to the Apostle Paul. How about us? Would you like to have that responsibility? If it was up to you to let the world know about God's grace, how would you go about doing so? And at the outset, we would have to agree that the mystery would have to be revealed. Paul writes, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The mystery revealed is that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Paul again reminds us that it is by this very gospel, good news, that he has been made a minister, gifted by God's grace through God's power. And this, even though, as Paul says, he was the very least of all the saints. Moreover, Paul reminds us that he was not preaching just to hear himself preach, but that his preaching has a purpose. Now, in our Old Testament lesson, Solomon is given a great offer by God. God says, ask what I shall give you. Now, this is not a mystery to God. He knows what Solomon needs. He is prompting Solomon in the aftermath of a rousing worship service in which Solomon, who loved the Lord and walked in his statutes, had just offered a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. Solomon had everything earthly possible the beautiful daughter of the Egyptian pharaoh, and a political alliance to go with, a royal house, the house of the Lord, and a wall around Jerusalem. After praising God for keeping the promises he made to his people, Solomon concedes he is not in and of himself up for the responsibility of running the kingdom. And so he asks, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? To act in obedience to God, Solomon wanted to be able to discern between good and evil. Such discrimination required a mind capable of analytic judgments. However, only a heart that listens to the Lord could supply the basis for making correct decisions. 
the desire to conform to the divine way and the willpower to act accordingly. Dr. O. Hallisby, in his classic prayer, says this, prayer and helplessness are inseparable. Only he who is helpless can truly pray. Again, prayer, therefore, consists simply in telling God day by day in what ways we feel helpless. We are moved to pray every time the Spirit of God emphasizes anew to us our helplessness, and we realize how impotent we are by nature to believe, to love, to hope, to serve, to sacrifice, to suffer, to read the Bible, to pray, and to struggle against our sinful desires. So, Solomon was asking for the wisdom, guidance, and reassurance that only God possesses and only God could give. As the very least of the saints, Paul knew that his preaching was not done in and of himself, but by the working of God's power, and that its purpose was so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. God, through the Apostle Paul, is telling us that the church is to bring the wisdom of God, Jesus, to the world. This purpose applies to today's preaching, good, bad, and ugly, that as your pastor, by the grace of God, I would help equip you to share the hope of Jesus that is within you. When we pray, what is it that we ask of God? For our prosperity, for a better credit score, for our health, for relief from unnecessary anxiety, or for the wisdom of which only he can give? Beloved, it is only in his wisdom and the gift of it to us that you and I can share the mystery that has been solved in Christ Jesus with those whom the Spirit puts in our path. I am reminded of a story shared by Eric Reed in Leadership Weekly. He shared that following an Easter service a few years ago, a woman approached the pastor and asked, So what happened with Jesus after the resurrection? Well, he ascended into heaven, and he's still alive, the pastor replied. I know he was resurrected, but is he really alive, she asked. Yes, he's alive. Alive? Alive? Why didn't you tell me, she blurted out. And for the next two weeks, she called everyone she knew and exclaimed, Jesus is alive. Did you know he's alive? What had been a mystery to this woman became abundantly clear and she could not contain this good news, but was moved, given spirit-filled wisdom to give this news as a gift to those she knew. Beloved, Jesus is alive. The manifest wisdom of God is alive. And more, he has promised to give us his wisdom that we would exclaim to others this gift that is waiting for them to receive like a kid on Christmas Day. Jesus has also promised that we need not worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit will teach you what you ought to say. And Paul reminds us that in Christ Jesus, we have boldness and access to the Father with confidence through our faith in him. Beloved, this means that despite our manifest sin, despite our hesitations and waverings, Jesus has given us personal access to the Father. 
even when we have great murmuring, hand-wringing, and head-scratching as we look to share the manifest wisdom of God, Jesus, with others, Jesus promises, Behold, I am with you always. Amen. Now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Amen. Let us pray. God, our Father, in love you sent your Son that the world may have life. Lead us to seek him among the Gentiles and to find him in the wisdom which only you possess and can give. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.